MLM Nation, episode 214. It might not be the right time for that person, and, and they may go on to something else, but you may plant a valuable seed in their mind and at least open their mind to something new. If you want to be successful, you just have to copy what MLM leaders do. Welcome to MLM Nation, presented by your host, Simon Chess. Where you'll learn strategies, secrets, and inspiring stories from today's top MLM income earners. To be successful, you need coaching. Someone to help you overcome obstacles, give you a kick in the butt, consistent training, and the right support group. Go get a dollar trial to MLM Nation Insider at MLMNationInsider.com. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan. And before we start, make sure you check out our partner, Networking Times. If you like ML Nation, you love Networking Times. Each issue is packed with amazing trainings and stories just like ML Nation. Go check it out at mlnation.net forward slash times. And now here's today's iTunes review of the day. It comes from Janice out in Janice Y out in the USA. It says, Nuggets of Wisdom. Come listen to the stories of all the successful people in network marketing. They share their knowledge and deliver great nuggets of wisdom to their listeners. Simon's also a great interviewer. Uh, so, Janice, thank you for the compliment. And uh, I don't see myself as a great interviewer. I think it's just um, comes from practice and doing over almost you know these 200 shows, doing the same thing over and over again. You definitely get better. So thank you for that. I'm um, glad it's been helpful to you and you're getting nuggets of wisdom. And uh, MLM Nation, listeners out there, if this show has helped you in any way, Please take one to two minutes, leave a review on iTunes. It's really quick. Just subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. They mean a lot to us. So with that said, let's go to today's show. ML Nation, this is Simon Chan, and I am fried up to bring our special guest today, Jenna Mazzullo-Stockwell. Jenna, are you ready to make it happen? I am ready, Simon. I was born ready, my friend. <laughs> Jenna Mazzullo-Stockwell's love of people the healing arts, and the planet led her to different careers throughout the years. She has done social work, worked at Corporate America, and even co-founded two yoga studios before she discovered network marketing about seven years ago. Jenna is currently a six-figure earner and a top earner, one of the top earners at her company. One of the things she loves about MLM and her company is every top earner does a service mission once a year. Jenna has already been to six different continents in the last six years as she travels to different third world countries helping install solar panels, bring clean water, and do other charity work to make the world a better place. I think that's so cool because network marketing is just not about making money and time freedom, but giving, giving back. So anyway, Jenna, I've given ML Nation a brief intro, but please share more about your background and how you came across network marketing. Sure, I would love to. And first of all, just let me thank you so much. It is an honor, an absolute honor. I've listened to a bunch of your different podcasts and um, to hear some of the, the greatest names in network marketing. So to be able to share anything that I've learned uh, with your listening audience is truly, truly an honor. So thank you so much for having me. Uh, you know, yeah, it has been a wild journey up until now. Um, you know, I think we all have a story. That's, that's something we hear a lot in network marketing. Each one of us comes to this uh, with our own unique and personal story. And so, yeah, you mentioned a lot of the different things that I had done. But growing up, you know, I grew up in a small town in northwest Connecticut, very small town, in fact. We have about 10,000 people total. Um, I graduated with about 120 classmates in my graduating high school. Um, so when you talk about someone from a small town, I think that would, uh, I would qualify for that. And, you know, I did what, what we were taught to do. I got a real job after I graduated college, um, went to a state school right here in Connecticut, 
uh, for social services. I've always been really interested in helping people and, um, you know, got a real job. So I, I worked in the school systems. I worked uh, at corporate America. I even did the 9 to 5. I commuted. I sat at a desk. I stared at beige walls all day. <laughs> um, and, you know, I found that it wasn't fulfilling. Yes, it was paying the bills. Uh, which we, we are taught is important, but there was something missing for me. There was a sense of freedom that I didn't have. I felt trapped. I felt that I was barely keeping my head above water and that if I continued working that 9-to-5 job, that I would always have to work that job uh, in order to pay my bills. And if I got my own apartment, then I would have to, again, you, you start trapping yourself into these, these types of careers. And so I made kind of a big life decision, uh, I believe this was uh, about 11 years ago, to quit that path and start pursuing the path of, of being an entrepreneur. Start pursuing, you know, my family had been involved in different business ventures over the years, everything from landscaping and, um, you know, decorating, all kinds of different things. So I think I had a, being an entrepreneur right built into my bloodstream. And so in the summer of 2007, I co-founded two yoga studios with a very, very dear friend of mine sort of tied in my love of people and being able to really help. And, you know, I did a lot of counseling along with teaching yoga. Uh, I was able to help people through, through lots of different life circumstances, the ups and the downs, and just be a support system for them. So I really found something I was passionate about, and it allowed me to be an entrepreneur. What I didn't realize was the fact that taking on a small business comes with all kinds of liability. It comes with... So, yeah, I had more time freedom, but unfortunately now I was scraping by just to pay the bills. And so I had kind of experienced both extremes, you know, one having a good income with a regular corporate job, yet having no flexibility, living for the weekend, you know, not having time to do anything. And then reversely, I had done the other quote-unquote American dream, you know, uh, opened up my own business, I was my own boss. Uh, little did I know how much money that actually takes to run and the fact that even though you have a little bit more time, um, you know, you can't pay the bills. And so that was kind of where I found myself when I came across the company that I'm with now, uh, sort of was in that place of that fork in the road of what am I going to do? And I was actually just looking for some part-time work and came across an ad kind of, you know, explaining the, the opportunity. And I'll tell you, that entrepreneur in me kind of came alive and, um it just kind of struck me. I had never really done network marketing before, but I certainly was had heard great things. I had known a few people here and there who had done things like that. And again, being an entrepreneur, knew the value of a network. So that's kind of how I came to uh, my current opportunity, and that was about seven years ago. We're coming up on my seventh year anniversary. So that's just a little bit more about me, um, you know, and realizing that Network marketing encompasses everything that I love. It encompasses the service aspect, the people, being able to be a coach and a mentor like I was in the yoga studios, being able to travel and being, you know, of service, um, and also being an entrepreneur. So it kind of checked all those boxes for me that I'd always been searching for but never finding in one place. So you had said that before you joined your current company, you were uh, exposed to network marketing before, and you saw the value of the network. You were never against it, right? Why? How come you didn't join before? 
You know, I just don't think the timing was ever right for me. I was I viewed myself as too young for something like that. Um, when I came across the other couple of companies that I was approached with, I was in my 20s and just didn't think I had a network. And quite frankly, I just wasn't in the right frame of mind back then. I was thinking about, you know, college and, you know, all those types of things. And so at the age of 30, where I found myself, you know, years later, I think I started to realize, wow, wait a minute, this, this could be something for me. You know, it's, I do have a bit of a network now, and, and it's something that I could foresee myself doing. Now, <laughs> looking back, I, I really wish in my 20s I had, <laughs> I had started, um, but, you know, better, better late than never. Yeah, I think that's what's the main lesson I always share with my coaching clients. Like, there's never a bad prospect, just the wrong time for the right prospect because eventually everyone's going to even know about it or be open to doing network marketing and it, it, you know you had brought up a great point the first time you list, you heard about it you were too young you didn't feel that the timing wasn't right for you but that doesn't mean that you were against it right so no not at all and you know what it planted a couple of seeds Simon you know you mentioned that and sometimes in life it might not be the right time for that person and, and they may go on to something else, but you may plant a valuable seed in their mind and at least open their mind to something new. So, yeah, um, yeah that's great. And that's why it's almost like you, uh, you should never quit because, like, the prospect, once you plant the seed, maybe years later when someone hears about the business, you may go back to that person. Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about the ad that you saw. What did the ad say that captured <laughs> your attention? Because you said you got your entrepreneur's uh, – your, you know, your bell was ringing again. What did the ad say? That really intrigued I did. You? Yeah, you know, it was really interesting. My intention, and I certainly don't mind sharing this, but again, being 30 years old and realizing that I had to do something, I was willing to do anything um, to make sure that, you know, I could sustain myself and I didn't go bankrupt. And, you know, I was willing to do anything. I'm not afraid of hard work. Um, so my original intention is I was actually looking for house cleaning or waitressing. I, literally, that's what I was looking for when I was starting to search around for for this, and a couple of things really caught my attention about this particular, you know, opportunity. It talked about make your own hours. It talked about work from home. Um, that it was kind of a short-term thing. You know, there were some key words there that sort of called to me. Um, you know, just just sort of piqued my interest. Really, that that word freedom keeps coming up, and I value my time above all else. You know, again, money isn't the end goal. Money is to get you to something else. And for me, that was getting my time back and having freedom. And so when I saw some of those words, that, that really stood out. Do you remember specifically what they were you had mentioned? Uh, it said work from home or make your own hours. Uh, anything else? Said, you, said- um, you know, obviously the particular product that we offer was interesting to me. So that was another buzzword that, that, got, that got me. Um, you know, but yeah, I think it was really that work from home and, and sort of make your own hours. Yeah. Okay. So once you got started, you're pretty excited. Did you? Uh, can you share with us your first six to eight weeks? How was your experience? Did you had challenges, or was it pretty smooth? <laughs> oh, that's a good one. I bet you know the answer to that. <laughs> um, you know, it was not smooth. Um, I do have to share with you and and the audience that I was the very first uh, representative or associate with my company. So. Um, my timing was, was a little different than maybe some people's. I actually came across the company at its inception, um, which was an extra leap of faith on my part. So the beginnings for me was similar, I like to say, to the wild, wild west. <laughs> um, I was doing the majority of my recruiting. Now, I did what we're taught to do. I made a list 
of people that I know. I mean, I grabbed my cell phone and went to my contacts, and I, I literally just approached it as I want to talk to every single person that's in my network and in my sphere of influence right now. Um, you know, the people that I could just pick up the phone, mom, aunt, you know, business partner, uh, different business relationships. So I really, I made a list, and I just started systematically calling them. And, and for me, I, I did a launch event. So I hosted an event at my yoga studio, a meeting, an opportunity meeting, and invited people to come to that because our company at the time didn't have tools. We didn't have a, a video. You know, all of those things have come since, and I've certainly changed the way my business is done uh, in a way, but when I first started, I had, I had myself, <laughs> um, and I had uh, someone that was willing to come and do the presentation for me. So, like an up team uh, type of thing, and uh, my up team was corporate, but it's similar to what people would experience if you're new. And and they came and did a, a meeting for me at at my yoga studio. So myself and about six other people we invited, and there uh, were actually sixty people at our first meeting. Uh, we just we called every. I have a big Italian family. I think I, I called, you know, I don't even remember how many people, and I was just so excited. I didn't even talk about what the company was, what it did. I just said, I'm excited. I'm doing something new. You have to come to a launch event and just hear about it at least. And so my first six to eight weeks was wild mm. <laughs> um, and, and wrought with obstacles and difficulties. But nonetheless, I think I was so excited about it that I didn't even realize how, how – um, you know how it was. <laughs> so, how many people out of six? That's pretty, um, really impressive. Sixty people. How many people signed up? Um, you know, I would probably say a third signed up. Hmm. So maybe twenty people signed up that night, um, and then subsequently we had a meeting the week after, and there was eighty people. The week after that, we actually had to move from our yoga studio to um, a larger kind of banquet facility, hotel type venue, and you know, it was. I really went all in from day one. I mean, I didn't hesitate. I can remember getting questions like, well, Jenna, I mean, I, uh, no one else has ever gotten paid, right? Can, am I understanding you properly? Like, no one else ever by this company has gotten But No, no, they haven't. Um, but I believe, but I have faith, but I feel something, but my gut tells me. Those were the types of, of things that I was relying on because, of course, we didn't have the credibility yet that a lot of companies have, um, but something about that passion and that excitement and really translated and, and, and drew people, I think, you know, really drew people to us and yeah. our group and our team. I think you brought up a really important point where, which is like the obstacle that derails most distributors, they feel that they need some type of uh, credential. Yep. Or some type of proof to show people that it works. Well, it's really about people buying you, right? And it's about your confidence and your passion. Obviously, you're very excited, very passionate, and that's what people are buying. I mean, there are. I mean, you could make be making ten thousand dollars a month, but you've had no excitement. You're dull as rock and not enthusiastic, and no faith. No one's going to join, right? And you brought up you've you know I always talk about people buying you, and you give give a great example. You haven't even gotten paid yet. But because you had incitement, enthusiasm, people joined you. Absolutely. It's the most critical thing. And I've seen over the years, I now see people come and they have access to 
all the credibility. We have seven years worth of, you know, people uh, people making who have earned over millions of dollars. I myself, you know, I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of credibility that we have now. But I think sometimes people get paralyzed and they're analyzing and they're trying to make sure they do yeah. all their research and know everything. And I will tell you, there is something very powerful. I call it ignorance on fire. It's just you don't have to know everything. In fact, it's sometimes better not to because you can overwhelm a prospect with too much information, you know, instead of just being excited and saying, I don't know, but come find out with me. I don't know, but let's go check it out, you know? It's like the more information actually hurts you because you end up talking too much and you become a salesperson. Right. Yes. And like most people think, I need more tools or I need to have more success. If I only earn an extra couple hundred dollars a month, it will get people in. It's really about your passion. And so it's a great example here, everyone. Jen is a top leader. She started with nothing. No tools, nothing, but her passion. Ultimately, people are buying you and people bought Jenna. So you said no tools. So uh, did you have to make your own tools? Because I know some people say, oh, I wish I started at the beginning. So this is an awesome story that I don't think has been really, really only shared maybe once or twice on our 200 episodes where you basically had a startup and people say, oh, I wish I got started early at the beginning. They don't realize the pains. Oh, God. So what are some yeah. of the things you have to deal with that people take for granted? Obviously, there's no videos, no PowerPoint slides. So what did you have to do? Yeah, there was nothing. Um, so my approach was we had one gentleman at corporate who was our, our senior vice president of the network, and he did the presentations and things like that. So I I literally just learned every – I went to every presentation. I went to ev- on every conference call. I literally just spent every minute just imagining. I said, well, geez, I guess I'm going to have to be the one doing this stuff, so I better learn all this. Like I took full responsibility for being the leader of – my team and my not just my existing team but I imagined my future team and said well geez if he's running these conference calls I better learn how to do that I better listen I'm, I'm and I'm not going to leave at the end of the meeting I'm going to stay for the questions because I need to hear how he answers the questions like I I just tried to learn everything I possibly could um some of the tools that we take for granted we didn't even have a system that that kept track of our customers and our teammates. My aunt and I actually created a giant foam board, and we would put actual pins in with little pieces of paper with people's names and their ID numbers to keep track. You know, genealogy reports, you could just log in and see your your team. And, um, you know, I feel like, you know, when we were kids, we had to trek through the snow. But, I mean, (laughs) you know, we were keeping track of this stuff manually, and uh, we were emailing our corporate office at the end of the week to see which customers signed up on our website. (laughs) Um, We didn't have a written compensation plan. When I first started, literally, there was no written compensation plan. So when people would ask, well, how do you get paid? I would explain it quickly, but then say, listen, I understand all these roadblocks, but listen, this is something, if you if you want this, if you're excited at all, you got to just come with me and check it out. You know, don't worry about all that. We're going to, we're going to, I believe in this. And even if you don't yet, you, if you believe me, then let's figure this out together. And so, you know, where there was a couple brochures, um, <laughs> but there certainly was no videos, marketing materials. In fact, Two gentlemen came along who are now actually the top earners in our company about eight months later, and they did the first homemade video. I'll never forget it. Was They were hilarious. They had the worst sweaters on I've ever seen, but you know what? They put together a video that talked about the opportunity, and that's really when our company started kind of moving forward quickly. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so- the beginnings are tough. You know, it's, it's not for the faint of heart. There's lots of obstacles. Uh, just as many people that said, wow, Jenna, this is great, also said, 
are you crazy? You know you're being scammed right now. Like, this is a scam. Well, thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that you're trying to look out for me, but i got to follow my gut on this. Let me check back with you in about six months. Hmm. You really know? good. Um, so how long did you still have the yoga studios? How long uh, did it take you to go full-time, to make a decent income to go full-time? Yeah, you know, I think it was about in year two or three that I really uh, was able to make that decision. I think it, it became clear because when I was paying the rent for my yoga studios with the money from my network marketing business, I realized that, you know, it probably, even though as much as I loved it, it might be something I have to kind of put to the side and wait till I can just simply do it as a hobby and a passion and not have to run it as a business. So it was a couple years in, um, and I, I think that in any real yes there was bonus money and all that but to me it's you wait till the residuals are there to make sure you know that um that you're making enough on a consistent basis to make those types of life decisions what was a major aha moment or like a light bulb moment where you kind of got it and then your business really really took off yeah it's funny that you mentioned that and we kind of touched on it but it really was so I was great in the beginning, you know, I was just full of passion and excitement, and I went out and I recruited, I mean, I think I brought on 15 business partners in in the first couple of weeks, I mean, that's, I was really just out there talking to everyone, friends, family, you know, anyone I could chat with, Um, and then, you know, about six months to a year, and I fell into the trap, I fell into that, talking too much, I would, you know, have a meeting at Starbucks, and I'd look at the clock, and an hour later, I was still talking, I'm Italian, you know, I talk Hmm. a lot. And I, I, I can remember thinking, geez, I wonder why that person never will call, won't call me back or won't return my phone call. Because I was already experiencing success. I have this great story. You know, I'm telling them about, oh, I've seen everything from the beginning. And, um, and then again, these two gentlemen came along who clearly had some experience in network marketing. And they put together a couple of tools um, to use and started using that. And I watched their business absolutely skyrocket in the course of about six months. I mean, they, they went crazy, and I thought, oh, I get it. My entire organization depends on me. They're calling me for the answer. They're, I'm, I'm prospecting people, and I'm telling them all about my story and, and using all these things to impress them and, and talking to them, and they're sitting across the table thinking, well, that's great for her, but I can't do that. I can't learn all this. I work a full-time job. I don't have time. So when I realized that by using tools, using the tools that your company has and, and really relying on them, that is when my business shifted. I talk. I barely talk. I tell my little story, how excited I am. I'm passionate about what I do. Um, but other than that, I let the tools do the talking. The video never skips a beat. It never has a bad day. It never over-talks. It never forgets something. And when I really started leveraging tools instead of, you know, essentially building myself a job because everyone was calling me because I was, you know, I was the source point, that's when my business started duplicating. And once I was able to start duplicating me, uh, that was the game changer when that exponential growth started happening for me. Now let's take us to a time your journey, that your worst, worst moment in network marketing. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I have a couple of them. <laughs> um, let's be real. Uh, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Um, and no, it's not. I thought it was all good. You make it be a millionaire in a year. <laughs> well, then believe me, there's a lot of things that are a lot worse. But it's an emotional game, you know. It's you know, it's an emotional game, and so um, 
some people find it difficult to stay motivated on a consistent basis because you have to be, you have to give out good energy. If you're going to, you can't call prospects and hi, how are you today? I mean, it's just not going to work. <laughs> you have to be energetic and in a good mood and smiling. So, you know, I think for me, one of the absolute worst moments is our company. We had a slight compensation plan change, like some companies do in the early years, and. Some people were affected great, and another whole group was affected very negatively. And I can remember we were actually about to leave for one of our international trips, and I was getting call after call of people crying and upset and not sure what to do. And, you know, I've seen the ups and the downs. I understand that the end game is to just be the last one standing because people just quit far too early and find an obstacle and they leave. And so, you know, but it was so hard for me to watch people I love and care about suffer. You know, even if it's a perceived suffering, even if it's temporarily they took a little step back because it was better in general, you know, and I knew that, but it was so painful to watch people that I love and care about suffering, and I really struggled with that. It was like, can I do this? Can I have a kind heart. You know, am I strong enough to do this? Can I, can I handle this type of emotional kind of these roller coasters that, that some people ride? And um, that was a really tough time for me, but I, I dug deep. I... You know, I reached out to people that I considered mentors. Um, I did what I needed to do. I filled my head with all the wonderful tools that are out there for our industry and the Jim Rohns and the, you know, all the different people and, and got myself back. But that was a really hard time to watch people that you love get tripped over an obstacle and, and quit and, and, you know, be upset. That was, that was hard for me. What kept you going? Like, I mean, you talk about the uh, listening to general personal development. Because some people may say, oh, this industry betrayed me. Or, you know, how could they do this? What kept you in the game? Or what's the, basically, what's the self-talk? Because there could yeah. be a lot of doubt and skepticism, right? Especially if this I is hope. your first opportunity. And it's a new company, right? Yeah. Is the company going to last? Why are they doing this? Is it going to be in business? Um, obviously, the answer is easy now. The company's doing well. But back then, like, what was the self-talk? How did you keep going and have that faith? Yeah, you know, I think faith is, is the word, and I think everyone comes to faith in a different way. I, I like to say, you know, people do get skeptical. They get burned one time by network marketing, and they say it's never going to work. But imagine if the first person you dated that it didn't work out, you never dated again. I mean, <laughs> you, know, right. I, you know, you don't usually find your match the first time. There's all kinds of factors that could contribute to a bad experience, the timing in your life, or the point a company is at. So, you know, in that sense, um, that is very real. But I, I would really like people to try to understand that. You don't give up after one thing um, goes wrong. Um, for me, the self-talk is I'm going to make myself a better person. So regardless of what the company is doing, there are certain things that are in my control and there are certain things that are out of my control. Decisions that the company makes, certain tools, uh, when they open new markets and maybe if a market gets delayed, all things that happen, a product changes and, you know, you fall in love with the product and then they don't offer it. And, and there's a million reasons that, that things happen that are out of your control. A, a huge team leaves that you thought was going to be with you forever. Um, you know, all of those things have happened to me. And each time I say, you know what, as long as I keep making myself a better person, as long as I keep, you know, whether that's, being healthier, whether that's being a better wife, being a better daughter, um, being more disciplined and organized, as long as I'm doing those things, then regardless of what's happening around me, I'm going to come out of this a better person. And if for some reason, you know, something happens to the company, you know, whatever the fear is, 
it becomes non-existent because as long as I'm putting the value in me and I'm building up me as a resource, then then that's you know going to take me far in life, and not just the it's going to make me a better leader, but as a byproduct. But it's also going to ensure that no matter what happens outside of my control, I do have control of my attitude. I yeah. do have control of all of those things. You know, so that's usually my self-talk: is Hey, I can't control that, but I can control me right now, and and I've always come through it because I have that. I have that faith in a lot of things, but I also have a faith in me. Yeah, you put it really well. It's not. It's not even about your business getting better. It's you. You're the resource, right? Because business can come and go, but you control your attitude. And as long as yeah. I like the way you said, as long as you continue, you as the resource, not the business, not the resource, but you. As long as you continue growing, doesn't matter what happened, because you it'll be you can redo it, you can do it again, and you you do it much better. Yes, yes, and I have, and you know, I think along with that would be I would say also the relationships that I've built, and so when I look at you know um, when tough times have come about and when people struggle. I just try to be there for them as a friend, regardless of how it impacts my business. There's been times when people have left, and that made sense for them for whatever reason, whether it was, you know, logistical or whether it was a timing thing or whether they just there was something they couldn't get past. You know, I've honored that and wished them well on their journey and said, you know, regardless of us being in this particular company together, I'd love to maintain our personal relationship because at the end of the day, like you said, I mean, nothing is guaranteed in life. I yeah. understand that. I mean. I can't sit here and tell you that I know 100% that nothing's ever going to happen to the company I'm with. I mean, none of us can. We can fall in love with the company, and we can represent it, and we can, you know, obviously you go all in for what you're doing, but the reality is is if you work on you as a person and a human being and you value and work on the relationships you have with people, those will carry over into anything, not just network marketing, but let's say you stop doing network marketing and you do some other career someday. I mean, those are valuable relationships when they're real. Yes, really true. Uh, like the real value of network marketing, aside from giving you know um, the residual income and all that sort of time freedom, is the network of people. And like you said, you brought a really good point. It doesn't matter what you do later on, 10 years from now, you could be doing something else. But those relationships, the value you created, Jenna, in your network, those stay with you for the rest of your life. It doesn't matter what you do. It remains yep. for you. Yeah. And when you treat people the right way, and people know, I mean, let's face it, you know, People know when you're just talking to them because you're, you know, they're building your business or they've brought in someone new and you're kind of focused on them. You know, it's during the tough times. It's during the times when it's not on stage or, you know, nobody's watching. And it's, it's how you treat people um, that I think makes the difference. And people will stay loyal to you and they will go through heck and back with you if you treat them with respect and, and you really, it's coming from a genuine, sincere place. Yeah. Well, speaking about treating people, uh, I think, I know you... You love people. You love uh, giving back and stuff. I think one of the cool things you've done, you do a service mission once a year, and you've been to it's like six different continents in the last six years. So first of all, I'd like to know what countries you've been to and sure. uh, what do you actually do. Essentially, you, know, you know, the reason I love that, and I put that in the intro, because I love, you know, I love network marketing. I'm loud and proud to be a network marketer. I have three fundamental beliefs. Number one, network marketing allows us to fulfill unlimited potential. Uh, number mm-hmm. two, network marketing allows us to give back more. Right, and number three, network marketing allows us to be better parents because we're creating a better, we're creating a legacy worth leading by example. So I want to talk about number two, my second belief, and you're basically fulfilling it right now. Has allowed you from just you know you running two tiny yoga studios to now traveling across the earth to to do these third world countries, giving back. Can you share about what you do and how this works? And uh, yeah, what 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 are some cool places you've been to? 
Sure, I would love to. It's actually one of my favorite components by far of what I do. Um, so our company has an initiative, and instead of just, you know, a lot of companies have rewards trips and incentives for their top earners or certain trips that you have to earn. Uh, this particular trip we take once a year, and it's always to a different continent, um, and it is for the top income earners. And instead of going on a cruise or just hanging out at a resort, which is all wonderful and fun, uh, our company chooses to go and do um, kind of a service-based mission. And so uh, the first one was in Brazil, and we planted trees in the Amazon rainforest and tried to reforest uh, a component of that. The, the Amazon is sort of the lungs of our planet. Uh, it filters all the carbon dioxide and gives back oxygen. I believe it's 60 to 70% of the um, you know, the way that we, we receive oxygen. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> Terrible statistics. Um, but I know it's, it's vitally important to literally the sustainability of our planet to maintain a healthy rainforest. And so that was the first uh, trip. And then now let's not, let's be real because we do do the service mission. But then the last couple days of the trip is always about fun. So, you know, you go and you work really hard with the people that you're in business with and you, you get sweaty. And, I mean, our CEO comes and digs in the dirt with us. And, and it's great to be able to experience that level of um, teamwork together. You're outside of your comfort zone. All kinds of different fears are coming up. I mean, some people are afraid of flying. Some people are afraid to be in the jungle with all these weird bugs. And, you know, and so it really is a special thing to be able to bond with your team in that way. Um, so Brazil, then Africa. We actually went to a village in Ghana, and we installed solar panels on a medical facility. We set up a library. Uh, the children didn't really even have access to books. Um, they would not send this, this particular community medical supplies because they didn't have reliable power, so they couldn't refrigerate the medication. We also installed um, merry-go-rounds uh, that when the kids rode them, it would actually charge solar lanterns. So at night, oh. they actually had uh, lights. Hmm. So... Um, we always partner with an organization that is working in the area. You know, we don't want to be one of those companies or groups that just go over and take a few pictures, with, you know, and just leave. Um, that's not really helpful. So we work really hard to partner with a local organization that's working in the area, knows the people, and will continue the work after we leave. Um, and Africa was incredible because we did that, and then we got to go on safari. So, I mean, talk about experiences. I didn't even know it was on my bucket list before I, I went. So uh, then we went to uh, Indonesia and spent some time up in the mountains of West Java, also doing some planting. We brought clean water. Um, there was a pipeline that was up through the mountains that was destroyed that, you know, gave, I think it was a million or two million people access to water. Um, so we helped Conservation International. We worked with them to rebuild the, the water pipeline. Um, then, let's see, then we went to Fiji. Um, <laughs> we actually went to a remote island in Fiji, um, a place where literally no Westerners had ever been. They had never seen um, people with my color skin. They had really never experienced that before, and they were completely isolated. So uh, they were a fishing village and they, their whole livelihood depended on fishing, but all they used was um, battery-powered flashlights and lanterns. So their beaches were littered with D batteries. I mean, it was, they had no idea that if you throw garbage into the ocean, that's not a good thing, and mm -hmm. especially batteries. Um, 
So we installed solar panels on their community center and gave them places to charge different lights and lanterns so that they didn't have to keep using the battery-powered ones. We planted pineapples for a sustainable source of food that they could sell at market. Um, you know, and that was obviously our, our fun part there is you don't have to go anywhere else in, besides Fiji to have fun. <laughs> yeah. um, and then last year uh, we went to Nicaragua, and we actually went up into a remote village again. It was about a two-mile hike up into the mountains. You know, it's planes, trains, automobiles. It's like these aren't easy places to get to. You're, you're taking a plane, and then you're getting on a bus, and then sometimes you need to hike through the woods to get to these villages. Um, and in that particular village, we actually installed solar panels on, uh, I think it was 35 or 36 homes. Every home in the village got solar panels. So um, if they had, again, no access to clean water. They have to hike a mile down to get the water. And so having access to power was really going to sort of shift their lives in ways that we probably still can't understand. And then just last month... Um, we just got back from Europe, and we actually went to Albania. I know many people don't think Europe is a, uh, you know, a continent or a country that needs help, but in Albania particularly, um, most people are living on less than $2 a day, and it's you know, very war-torn. I mean, it, it really, not that long ago, um, just came out of communist rule. So there's a lot of strife, there's a lot of poverty, there's a lot of um, violence and things like that. And we actually went into a community that is run by the government, and it's sort of like a homeless shelter. It's actually for refugees. It's for people fleeing situations, um, homeless people that don't have anywhere else to live. And it was a pretty large community, and there was probably 15 to 30 children that lived there as well, and there was nothing for them to do. I mean, literally, I didn't see a toy the entire time I was there. And so... Um, we actually built a soccer field, so a soccer turf for them to be able to play and installed solar uh, light posts. They're actually like street lights, um, but they're solar. And we did that all around the community to make it safer at night and then gave the children that and sort of a play, a community play area and cleaned up the whole area. So, um, and I don't know where next year is going to be yet. We usually get it announced um, at our yearly convention, but it sort of just goes along with what I believe is the point of network marketing is when you help others, you as a byproduct get what you want. Definitely. And so, you know, that for me is if I had to say what excites me the most about this industry um, would be that fact because I've wanted to help people since I was a little girl. I've been helping people. I wanted to be in the Peace Corps. I mean, I, I've been all over. And the fact that people, not only can I do this, but that I get paid Oh well, to do this um, is is kind of a dream come true for me. So I'm very proud of what we do as a company. I'm proud that we have people that start and they go, oh please, you know, service. I'm not going and digging in the dirt and getting dirty. And wouldn't you know, they're the ones that are in there and their hearts are open and they're holding the kids and their tears coming out of their eyes. And um, it can it can really change you and um, make you appreciate everything that we do have here. You know, I call it. We have a lot of first world problems here, <laughs> you yeah, know, like, yeah. hey, a shower is a luxury, you know, yeah. don't forget that, you know, it's actually not a necessity, it's actually a luxury to be able to have running water, and so um, it does change sort of how you look at the world, you know. Hey, thank you so much for sharing that, it's very, very inspiring, thank you. ML Nation, do you need help with your business? 
Go to MLMNationInsider.com for a $1 trial of MLM Nation Insider. You get to ask me questions, attend a live interactive weekly training, have access to every one of my implementation guide courses for free, and be part of a community that just won't let you quit. Go to MLMNationInsider.com for your dollar trial. Again, that's MLMNationInsider.com for your $1 trial. As we go towards the end of the show, Jenna, some really quick questions to pick your brain. And these could be quick answers, okay? Yeah, sure. The first one is, what is one of your favorite success quotes that motivates you? Oh, gosh. Uh, favorite success quotes. It was something we talked about earlier, but Winston Churchill, it's not really a network marketing guy, but uh, Winston Churchill, he said, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Wow, that's a good one. Yeah can't lose your enthusiasm so whenever i think of that it's like okay i just failed that person said no or that didn't happen how i thought it was going to happen or okay well i got to make sure i keep my enthusiasm going because my whole job success is just going from failure to failure Mm, so good so so good um but (laughs) believe it or not i haven't heard that before that's so good next one is what is one habit that's helped you become successful Sure. Uh, keep it really simple. Uh, the way I like to, um, you know, people say, well, what does that mean? Okay, so if you think it's really simple, cut it down even more. And if you're questioning it, find an eight-year-old and explain it to them. And if they understand it, then you're fine. Mm, that's good, the eight-year-old test. Yeah, okay. if it's anything more complicated, if you're trying to explain some product that you have that does this, this, and this, and the the this part, or if you're trying to explain this complicated service or, you know, whatever industry you're in, it's just, it's going to get lost. You're better just using the tools, and if you're going to explain something, make sure an eight-year-old can understand it. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Oh, my gosh, the best piece of advice I ever received, um, some will, some won't, so what, someone's waiting. Mm. So it just, it resonates with me. I was told that there are going to be people that you think are going to be with you the entire course that are going to leave. You're going to get attached to someone at corporate who you love, and they're going to leave. There's high turnover in this industry, high turnover, and you can't get caught up with that. You have to be the one that stays. You have to be the one that sticks. Other than that, your whole team could leave, and you can start over. And I've always that prepared me mentally for all of those things that happened. Uh, you spoke about tools before and leveraging. What's your favorite prospecting tool you use? So say, like, I'm a qualified prospect. I'm interested to learn more. What do yep. you do? Do you send me an online video? What do you do? Yep. Do you Skype yeah. with me? What do you do? Video is my absolute preferred method, um, but I will make a little note on that. It's video with a personal, you know, like I'm going to call you and say, hey, Simon, um, are you by your computer? Remember we talked about that video. I was excited to, to share with you. Um, are you right by your computer? Great. Here's the link. You know, it's... It's kind of a combination. You just, I don't just mass send out a link because nobody will value that. You know, it's as much as you value your tool, that's how much your prospect's going to value the tool. So um, I like video, but I like using it either in person, like getting together with someone and having them see the video with me, um, or if it's remotely because, you know, you live across the country or whatever, um, I like to jump on the phone and, and literally make sure, because you know what people say, sure, I'll watch it. And they'll watch two minutes, and the kid will come in, and the dogs are barking, yeah. and, then, and then it's done, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, that's, I think that's the thing that screws up most people. they just mass emailing it, or they send it out. And like I said, most people watch one minute, maybe not even one minute, before a dog or other stuff, Facebook messaging right. pops up and... They and they're not going to tell you they didn't watch it because they feel bad because yeah. they're your friend or their family. So they'll say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, oh, 
thank you so much. But I'm not, <laughs> they didn't even watch the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. What's your favorite, uh, do you have any favorite online resources like Dropbox or Evernote or favorite app on your phone that you could recommend? You know, I do like WhatsApp. Um, it's just a phone app, but it basically allows you, you don't have to be online. Um, you can set up all your different teammates on different groups. And um, you can send them quick notes. So, you know, group texting is, like, cumbersome sometimes. You can only put so many people on a group text. There's all kinds of limitations. Well, WhatsApp, you can just kind of mass text any grouping of people that you want. You can pick which groups you want. Um, and you can also do voice recording. So you can be like, hey, team, good morning. This is Jenna. I'm so excited for today. Just know that I'm here. Here's my hours today. Or if you need me for a three-way call, you know, whatever it is, it's just kind of a quick. Um, and then, yes, Dropbox is always great to be able to share, you know, tools or resources or training things or, you know, whatever it is. So, What's one book you could recommend to ML Nation? Just one? Maybe you can you give you two or three. What's it, two or three books? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. I can do it. Oh, there's so many books. Um, uh, let's see. Some of these, they're not just simply network marketing books because of my background in, in yoga and the healing arts. Um, there's one by Deepak Chopra. It's called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success. Hmm. That is by far one of my favorites. It, it talks about not just money, but it talks about the spiritual nature of success. Um, and again, that, that comes with a, a little caveat that it's not specific to network marketing, but I will tell you that all of the things I have found to be helpful in my business. Um, I love The Awakened Millionaire by Joe Vitale. That's, uh, he was part of The Secret he wrote. Um, yeah, that's a good Secret. one. It's a real good one. Uh, that one is, is hugely successful. Um, and then pretty much, you know, anything that Jim Rohn's ever written, I find very helpful. I can't pick one. Um, John Maxwell, The 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership. Uh, these are all ones that really, really... Um, oh, the other one that I've been reading lately is The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace Waddles, uh, another one from The Secret. So obviously this tells a little bit about my personality. I'm very interested in the law of attraction, um, very interested in the spiritual nature of you know, creating a life full of abundance. So those are kind of the things that really call to me, and it relates directly to network marketing. Yep. I mean, we draw people into, you know, we like attracts like. You have to be the kind of person people want to be around, and it's a choice at the end of the day. They're not your employees, so you have to be the kind of person they want to be around. So those would just be the off-the-top-of-my-head ones. Very cool. Well, we have a lot in common. Those are like the basics, the spiritual or the basics. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if you have the basics and the foundation down, then all the how-tos, they're easy. Oh, the how-tos. I mean, and you can apply it to anything. It's, it can be applied to your business, your yeah. relationship, if you want to lose weight, if you want to quit a habit. I mean, it's, it's kind of across the board, which I, I like that, you know. And uh, ML Nation, I know you love audio, so you listeners out there, if you haven't read it, you can get an amazing free audiobook at MLMNationBook.com. That is MLMNationBook.com. Now, Jenna, here's the last question, the million-dollar question. You ready? Sure. <laughs> here's the million-dollar question. Imagine you had to start all over again, and you knew no one. So you're kind of like an alien that went to another planet, but you get all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to find prospects and build an MLM business from scratch? Wow. Okay. Uh, let's see. I would do two things. I would go and find meetup groups. So online you can look up meetup groups, which are groups that actually get together in person in your area. And I would find, uh, I've actually done this and when I have to go to completely different markets where I don't know a soul. 
Um, I would attend events. I would go online and research their Chamber of Commerce, see if there's business networking events in that particular area. Um, I would search for any kind of, again, business-related expos or job fairs or any, any kind of thing where I could just find people that were somewhat entrepreneurial or, you know, obviously stepping out of their comfort zone to go do something. So, I mean, those are just some of the things. If I knew no one, um, I think that's how I would approach it, is I would start researching business networking groups, um, meetup groups with interests. You know, for me, it would be spirituality. It would be yoga. I'd go and, again, do things that you like to do and meet the kinds of people that you would meet naturally. You know, a lot of times I think we think we have to do all these special things, but just be who you are. Don't try to be someone else. You know, if, if yoga is the last thing you want to do, don't try to go to a yoga class and prospect people. <laughs> do things that you would normally be drawn to, uh, activities, uh, things like that, and, and attend events you like, and, and that's how I would meet people. Awesome. You know, uh, Jenna, thank you so much. As we wrap up, do you have any last words or advice? And then what's the best way our listeners can connect and contact you? Sure. Um, so I guess just the last piece of advice is that, you know, as much as this is a business, and we're all obviously in it so that we can have an income and things like that. It's, it's really, again, about the people. I think you can tell from who I am that, you know, I truly believe that the long-lasting people in this industry and the veterans and the ones that make it and earn millions of dollars truly at the core of who they are value other human beings above all else. And so, you know, doing everything you can to either if you're not that person, to try to become that person. You know, maybe you've had it tough in life. Maybe no one ever believed in you so that it's hard for you to, to sort of, maybe you're skeptical because you've been hurt before. But there are people out there that genuinely care about you, and you can become one of those people for someone else. And so that would just be my last sort of, you know, parting wish is just let's try to all as humans treat each other with kindness. I think the world could use that, and it will also tremendously help your business. And then if you want to get in touch with me, I mean, you know, right now I, I, I'm all over the place, but Facebook is an amazing place. Um, just you can search my name, Jenna Marzullo-Stockwell. Uh, lots, of, lots of consonants in that one, but you can find me. And just make sure you send me a little note that you heard about me from MLM Nation just so I know who you are so I can accept that request immediately. Um, that would probably be the best way to get in touch with me and stay updated on anything. So thank you. I really, really appreciate it. MLM Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today, you've been hanging out with Jenna Mazzullo Stockwell. So keep up the momentum and go to MLMNation.net and type in Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at the search bar and the show notes and order Jenna's nuggets of wisdom, the books she talked about, and also her contact info will be right there. Definitely reach out to her. In order to be successful in network marketing, you must help others. So Jenna, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with MLM Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much, Jenna, again, and God bless you. Thank you. You too. For just $1, you can get all access to over 17 training courses, weekly coaching, you can ask me questions, 30 newsletters, and network with top distributors. Go get a dollar trial to MLM Nation Insider at MLMNationInsider.com. Again, that is MLMNationInsider.com. Hey, MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan, and 
recap and review of a great training from Jenna Mazzullo Stockwell. Make sure you connect with her. Go to mlnation.net and search for Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. And uh, it'll be popped right up. Or you can go to mlnation.net forward slash podcast and the list of all the episodes we've had are all on there. Go reach out to Jenna, J-E-N-N-A. Really cool. You know, I'm going to go over a couple of things that she talked about here. Uh, Some of the things you can learn, like number one is... The timing has to be right for prospects, right? Timing, timing, timing. And I always say, there's never a bad prospect, just the wrong time for the right prospect. And Jenna was a great prospect, but the timing was wrong. When she first heard about network marketing, she was too young. She didn't feel like she had a network anymore. But later on, when she turned 30, it was the right time for her. You know, her yoga studios weren't doing well, barely making it, and she saw the ad. And I don't know if you took notes, but I'm going to give it to you. Some of the things that on the notes talked about, number one, I was work from home. Number two, make your own hours. And number three, it was about, uh, she's in a service and energy company. So she talked about, it was some mention about the services. And that intrigued her. Got her excited. Okay. And then it was funny because she was actually looking for a job, like house cleaning, um, kind of a waitressing type of job. And she saw that. So you never, never know. I mean, you probably thought that she was not a qualified prospect, but she saw the ad that got her going. And next thing she's in the business. Now, a couple of things was like, and it was really unique. She got started really when the company just launched. She was the first distributor. And sometimes people say, you know, here's the grass is greener mentality. Like, oh, if I got started my company early, it would be easier. I'll be way on, up on top. You didn't even know the problems they had, right? Like she didn't have any marketing material. She had nothing. She really relied on her gut. And that goes back to the main lesson is people buy you. I'm telling you, so many people feel that I talk, if I earn some more money or if uh, I had a credibility or I had downlines, I'd made a bigger check, it would be easier. It's not it. You know, like it's really about your passion and your commitment, your excitement, right? Your belief, your faith, your gut. She talked about those three things. I wrote them down. Your be- her belief, her faith, her gut, and she trusted her gut. So you can make all the money you want, but if you don't have passion, people, are not, people just think you're lying. I'm telling you, you can show off a check, a car, and if you don't have passion, people think it's a fake car, it's a re- leased car, it's a rented house. The mansion is a weekend rental, right? People, that check is a fake check. So it's really about your passion. She has a lot of passion. Now, the thing that uh, I should really uh, I found tremendous value she gave was when she talked about her company changing the pay plan and people quitting, all that stuff, you know, how, what's the self-talk? And she just says, I'm going to make myself a better person, right? As long as she is growing, she stays in the game. As long as she's growing. So you are the ultimate resource. It's you. you. Are you growing? So that helps you embrace challenges. There's no such thing as really a bad, you know, people say a mistake, failure. One of the things I've learned, my coach told me, like, Simon, there's no such thing as a failure. I said, what do you mean? There's no such thing as a mistake. I said, well, you know, it didn't work out well. Well, he said, well, Simon, if it wasn't for that, you wouldn't be where you are today. ML Nation would exist. And that is so true. You know, five years ago, I was, oh, that was a big mistake. It was a failure. But looking back now, it's a blessing. Everything works out. As long as you stay in the game, things that you build on the decisions. They're not mistakes, not failures. They're decisions that you make. And you build on those decisions. And those decisions, as you keep going, you're going to make, like Genesis, make yourself a better person. So she says, as long as I keep making myself better, I'm going to come out better. That is inspiring. 
right? Working on those relationships and be genuine. You can tell she's a big lover of people, the stuff. Uh, and that's what I love about network marketing. Also, to give back more. Like, she's giving back. Like, her company has this mission, service mission. Uh, and, like, she does, goes to all these different things to give back. That's cool. In all the countries she does. Now, you don't necessarily need to be in her company to do it. You can do it yourself. Like, you have the time to do it, right? Once you have the time freedom, you can do what you want. She wants to give back. I think that's so inspiring. That's why I love network marketing. Like I said, I have three beliefs. Number one, network marketing allows us to fulfill unlimited potential. Number two, network marketing allows us to give back more. Number three, network marketing allows us to be better parents. And Jenna has a great demonstration about giving more, give, give, give. She's giving her time to travel. Not only has it been fun, but she's actually making an impact. Using the business to make an impact in the world. Making the world a better place. Our relationships, giving, going back to building on the relationships. My mentor and friend, Robert Allen, told me, your network determines your net worth. And Simon, the real value of network marketing is not the money or the residual, it's the network. And that is so true, like Jenna mentioned about. Even if you don't do network marketing, the friendships and relationships you build in network marketing will serve you a lifetime. As long as you're genuine, you give. Treat people with respect. And she talked about, even what's respect? Even the tough times when no one is watching, what are you doing to those people? Right? Treat people the right way. A couple other things is, you know, um, make the business duplicatable, leverage, right? Leverage off tools. And you talked about even, her company didn't even have a video, okay? And when she did have the video, uh, that's when the things took off. And when you're using a video, make sure you kind of have like a personal touch with it. Don't just send a video because most people are not going to watch a seven-minute video nowadays, Right, in this age of Facebook Live, Periscope, all this type of stuff, who's actually going to sit down and watch the video? For every really, make sure and um, make sure when you watch the video, have the person in front of the computer watch it with them. On the phone, watching with you. Make sure they watch it. Because if you don't watch it, you know, and Kevin Marino in the previous episode talked about, he, he doesn't just send a video to them, only he sends it when they're ready to watch it. So you either watch it with them face-to-face or you're on the phone watching when they're ready to watch it. It's a big tool because we get too many emails, too many videos to watch. Just go open your Facebook right now and look at the feed. How many videos are on there? You know, people are going to be video blind sooner or later. Like, videos are cool now. Give another six months, a year. People are tired of videos. There's too many videos. Right? They're not, it's not going to be as effective. But so you want like, Now, videos can be very effective, but you got to make sure they actually watch the whole thing. You know, keep it duplicable simple. Uh, she talked about the, you know, she got into the trap. When she had some success, she talked too much. She talked more about the company. She basically became a salesperson, not leveraging the tools. And then she, she talked for an hour and then people would never call her back. Right? Use tools. Tools, tools. All right? Um, other couple things is the su- success. Right? I love that. Uh, actually, before we talk about that, let's talk about simple. About simple tools. The eight-year-old test. Can the eight-year-old explain it? That's that's good stuff. I just start thinking about, oh, gosh, all the mistakes I used to make, right? Can, when you, in your presentation, can the eight-year-old explain the way you're explaining it? If you can't, hey, it's too difficult. Make it simple, simple, simple. The system's got to be simple. And the last thing that I love that quote, I can't believe I've never heard of it before, was that Winston Churchill was quoted, success is going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. That is good. So when people say reject you, reject you, are you down? Or are you still so excited? Because I'm telling you, that is really what ex- success is. Uh, and if you're new in the business, or it doesn't matter what type of business, whether you're doing MLM nation or building an MLM business, tell you, you're going to get failure and mistakes, things that don't work out well. Are you going to still be as enthusiastic as before? 
Really, really good quote. Thank you, Jennifer. That's actually one of the better ones I felt I've heard on the show. Success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Really good stuff. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. And um, that's it. Awesome. You know, inspiring. Just the giving, giving back. I definitely connect with Jenna. Go to MLNation.net, search for Jenna, Jenna Mazzula Stockwell. She just put Jenna, it'll pop up right there. Uh, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. These reviews mean a lot to us. And um, thank you for being part. I'm just loud and proud to be in Network Market. Just talk to people like Jenna Mazzula Stockwell. Being able to give back. I love this. Super, super good. Thank you for listening. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life today. God bless you all. Thank you so much for joining us today on MLM Nation. Head over to MLMNation.net for full recaps of every show, our training articles, and helpful resources. Your MLM success is waiting for you. 